Okay, so he gets a little hippie here. <laughs> this one's a little. <laughs> so odd. I need I need you to do this in your best Aaron Rodgers impersonation. That first one was pretty weak, by the way. It's bad. Hippie this up a little bit. Uh, you know, you know, words are so interesting. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 612 on Wisconsin's Morning News, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers in the news today. Yes, he was speaking at the Psychedelic Science 2023 conference in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Perfect. As you know... Rogers uh, has credited ayahuasca for helping him with his MVP awards and saying that it helps clear his mind. And I thought it was actually very interesting. The New York Post has some... We, we haven't been able to get our hands on the audio, but we have some of the quotes here. Pro Football Weekly also has grabbed some of this. Uh, it's been really fun and able to connect with these guys who've done work with this. I'm fascinated by it to learn more. He says hundreds of players have reached out to him for information on the psychedelic. Hundreds of players. Well, who doesn't want to win the MVP? And he, <laughs> That's so he's what, also try been, anything. He's also been a little uh, hippie-ish in some of his comments. So we don't have the audio, but you think you can pull it off if you? Uh, I don't have a great Aaron Rodgers. You want me to try it? Yes, please, please. I guarantee. No, no, we should point out this, what what you are reading. This is an actual quote. Is quotes from number twelve from yesterday. I guarantee you all these bums who want to come after me on online about my experience and stuff. They've never tried it. They're the perfect people for it. We need to get these people taking it. <laughs> That's not a good Aaron Rodgers. He also it? said that uh, he thought it was ironic that the things that actually expand your mind are illegal, and the things that dumb you down have been legal for centuries. Fair enough. Mm. Like, if you get past the weirdness, he makes a lot of sense about some of these things. Okay, so he gets a little hippie here. <laughs> this one's a little <laughs> So I need, I need you to do this in your best Aaron Rodgers impersonation. That first one was pretty weak, by the way. It's bad. Hippie this up a little bit. Uh, you know. You know. Words are so interesting. I can't even this do is real. his voice. This, this is, is something real. the dude actually said. This I'm not going to do the voice because I need you to hear the words. <laughs> you know, words are so interesting. They have such power in their spells. There's a reason it's called spelling. Because the way the letters are put together has such power. Yes! Wow. Oh, man. It's no, say it like he said it. Come on. You know, I can't. I don't have an Aaron Rodgers. You know, such power in their... There's a, they have such power in their spells. There's a reason it's called spelling. Is that what it is? <laughs> he actually said that. Uh, no word on whether or not he was spelling. on ayahuasca at the time. But he's been pushing for this to be legalized. Some type of psychedelic he believes should be legalized. Sits there in the dark and thinks about how... Letters are connected to make words. See, you are the person he's talking to. He says you are the type that need to open your mind and take some of this ayahuasca. Fine. I don't know. Actually, that sounded like an unpleasant experience. Like the result maybe opens him up. There might but be like, some cleansing. Yeah, there. like the things coming out of various orifices <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. Oh, thank you. 6.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Brewers' homestand came to a halt on Wednesday afternoon over at American Family Field as Milwaukee dropped Game 3 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. This one by a final score of 5-1. to one. McGill looking in. A one pitch. 
Hit in the air to deep right field. Tapia on the run. It's over his head. One hops the wall. Thomas around third. He will score. Moreno on his way to second, and he's in there sliding with an RBI double, and that's a big insurance run for the Diamondbacks. It's 3-1 to one Arizona. Laying Grindle on the call right here on WTMJ. The good news, though, for the Brewers, Julio Tehran got the start, allowing just two hits and no runs over five innings. He was the lone bright spot for the Brew crew. The bullpen, however, they allowed all five runs on a day. The Brewers' offense only mustered three hits. You know, we scored one run, so you know we got to we got to do better than that. So offensively, they you know Gallon's a good pitcher. He, you know, we the ball was in play pretty good today, but we just didn't we didn't square enough up um, and and didn't create any traffic. With the loss, the Brewers fall to a game and a half of the Reds, who have won 11 straight. And next for the Brew Crew, they will embark on a 10 game road trip that begins tomorrow night in Cleveland. To the NBA, where the draft will take center stage for the league tonight. Milwaukee owning just one selection, number 58 overall. As far as players, though, are currently on the roster, Bucks three-time All-Star Chris Middleton has officially declined his $40 million player option with the team. He is all set to become a free agent and potentially join Brooke Lopez. And according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, and the Memphis Grizzlies agreed to a three-team trade late Wednesday night. That sent center Christoph Przingis to the Celtics, guard Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, and guard Tyus Jones over to the Wizards. Coming up, running out of air and running out of time, we'll update the frantic search, which is nearing a dire stage for those five missing explorers at the site of the Titanic wreck. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Six twenty-two on Wisconsin's morning news. Been talking for days about the search for five missing explorers near the wreck of the Titanic. Their uh, submarine or submersible went missing, lost contact with the surface, and it's been missing for days. The reason it's critical right now at this moment is they're about to run out of air. Yeah, and that's just a guesstimate too. They think, yeah, maybe ninety-six hours, give or take a few hours, maybe. So that would get us to Thursday morning. Right now, the latest assistance now to arrive in the area comes in the form of a French research ship equipped with an unmanned robot capable of searching deep underwater. Now, one expert says it's the main hope for an underwater rescue. It has strong lights. It helps see through the deep, dark waters. It has arms that could manipulate, could untangle the submersible, could maybe attach a device to it to help make it lift. Here's the issue. They haven't found it yet. They are still looking for the submersible. So what about this air? What's happening right now? We've been hearing a lot from the National Geographic editor, Kristen Romy, about this. She spoke with ABC exactly about what the crew could potentially be doing. What the crew, if they are still present with us, what they are doing to conserve that air. There was a famous sub-rescue in 1973 with a Pisces III where the crew members were rescued after nearly 80 hours. And you have to be very conscious about how you consume your air and what you do in the submersible um, to reduce the amount of oxygen that you are consuming. All right, so there's that. And that was 80 hours. Now we're, you know, we're 90 plus at this point. So then say you use this special big geek, you know, this robot that drives down there and you're able to find it. Okay, found it. And then, okay, let's see how we can manipulate it. Here's the thing. This isn't just some big old 
World War II Russian sub that's easy to move around and manipulate. This thing is different. The Titan is a carbon fiber composite sub. This is a new situation that we're dealing with. These are not steel subs that we you know, usually have going down to Titanic. And the equipment that is being brought in, there is concerns that it would actually damage the hull of the submersible if there are indeed people still alive so on it. even if they find it, and even if the crew is still alive and conscious, then they still need to figure out how to attach something, how to move it, how to manipulate it without destroying it at the same time, two miles below the surface of the water. You know, we, we've talked about things they could do to conserve oxygen and all of that. They've been down there for days, and you're not dealing with trained explorers, much less Navy personnel who right. have been trained in those procedures. It's just some guys, guy like you or me, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm taking this trip. Sure. You can, you can give them well, the, the two pilot- hour training session or whatever, right. but like their ability to actually do any of these things. Well, what amazed me is that there's a writer uh, with the Simpsons who is now speaking to ABC and talking about this a little bit. And he says he's gone several times and a couple of things. First, he says that on the first page of the waiver, it's a, it mentions death three different times, but he has said that every time he's gone down, which I guess is three or four different times, they have lost contact with the ship that they descended that's from. That's standard? They know that's going to happen? Or so. it just like, is one it, of these things yeah. that happens, right? And, and then it takes a long time to find the debris field of, of the Titanic. Like he said, the one time it took him three hours to even find it. It's not because you don't have GPS down there. You're going off of you know coordinates or whatnot, but once you're down there, you might float, you might move, currents might take you one way, where they don't even find the actual Titanic immediately when they go down. Well, it's because it's so far below the surface of the ocean. I was looking at CNN had a you know like one of those comparative maps where they put you know, the depth of the Titanic wreckage that we're talking about the ocean floor there, and then next to a skyscraper or whatever like. Yeah. We're talking about the size of a mountaintop here, mm-hmm. 12, more than 12,000 feet. So, I don't know, what would be a peak that people have seen? I've been Pacific Northwest. I think even like uh, Mount St. Helens is only about 8,000 some feet. So think of like the top of a mountaintop, right. a volcano mountaintop. It's deeper than that. So think about this too. So now let's talk about the uh, company, tour company, Ocean Gate Expeditions, getting some uh, getting some criticism for how they do business. There's been red flags in the past. Uh, and uh, Romy mentions that most companies that build these, they do work with these licensing agencies, either out of the U.S. or Europe. I mean, granted, there is no DMV for submersibles. It's more of a voluntary thing. These groups were actually, you know, reaching out to OceanGate and saying, look, let us work with you to ensure that this sub meets our standards. And OceanGate was kind of like these are regulations that are keeping us from innovating. Yeah, can't innovate with with all this structure in place to keep us safe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a real Jeez. pain about innovating. Uh, one last thing here that I thought this was pretty interesting. A stunning new revelation about one of the five crew members, Stockton Rush, the CEO of OceanGate, which operates the sub. Rush's wife is a descendant of a couple who died on the Titanic. No way. Isidore and Ida Strauss. They were actually depicted in the movie. Yeah. Uh, they were the couple that were embracing in bed as the waters rise in that iconic scene. Sure. And once it starts, you know, they just, right. he's spooning her or whatnot. Sonar buoys detected several banging sounds and all that. We talked about that yesterday. Nothing there. They, uh, 
They say that that uh, audio could have come from a variety of different sources underwater. Last chance to save them this morning. Key. Every once in a while, something special happens. Somebody just happens to wake up a regular John or Jane Doe, and they save a life. Let's get to it. An everyday hero to celebrate, Vince. Our everyday hero presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care. So have you ever been on a plane or in a restaurant or at the gas station and heard someone yell, I need a doctor? Is anyone a doctor? Can't say that I have. Ooh, no. It's not a sound you want to hear. We have video audio of what happened at a gas station. Yeah, that's a woman running into the gas station. Is there a doctor in the house? No, there wasn't, but there was Nico Nesbeth. We had Nico? Nico, Nico was, was inside. in the house. Yeah, he and his partner, they uh, work as a private security at a company. They go and, you know, stand by the door and whatnot, but they happen to go get some coffee in this gas station. This is in Beverly Hills. And uh, the reason this woman... Why do we need a doctor? Well, the reason this woman was running in is because another lady was outside with a young child, an infant, who was choking and turning blue. Oh. Nesbeth said he ran out there and immediately the baby was in his arms. The mother already throws the baby into my, my arms and says, like, she needs help. So once that happened, I noticed looking to the baby's face, the baby was turning blue. I tilted him over to the side, tilted him down, and started um, softly patting his back to remove whatever was lodged in his airways. And he was able to get it out. Baby started crying and life was good. Yes! How about that? Just a bee. Just a guy saves a baby. The mom distraught, concerned on the ground, just in a panic. And this guy just happened to be getting a coffee at the gas station and Nico. saves a life. Nico Nesbeth, our everyday hero. Everyday hero presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers just mustered three hits as they fell to the Arizona Diamondbacks by a final score of 5-1 to one on Wednesday afternoon. With the loss, the Brewers fall to a game and a half in the NL Central standings as the Cincinnati Reds have now won 11 straight games. Next up for the Brew Crew, a 10-game road trip that begins in Cleveland on Friday night. The NBA draft is set to take center stage tonight at 7 p.m. The Bucks owning just number one selection, number 58th overall. And according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Bucks three-time All-Star Chris Middleton has officially opted out of his $40 million player option, making him a free agent. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The NBA offseason is officially upon us. The draft getting all ready to take the league center stage tonight with Milwaukee only having one selection. Number 58th overall, the final pick in the draft. It's already been a busy offseason for the league that has seen all-star guard Bradley Beal dealt out west to Phoenix. And as of last night, Kristaps Przingis is now headed to the Bucks' arch nemesis, the Boston Celtics. And right now, as the Bucks sit, they are still determining their own future with three-time all-star Chris Middleton opting out 
out of his deal to become a free agent, potentially joining Brooke Lopez. I know many Bucks fans out there want to see some of these crazy, awesome, fun, exciting blockbuster moves, but in my opinion, the only moves they need to make are bringing back the two guys I just mentioned prior. Middleton and Lopez. There's a lot of unknown around new head coach Adrian Griffin and the offense and defensive schemes he may or may not operate, but a veteran-led team is one way to break in a first-time head coach, especially with the expectations that come with coaching Giannis. Unlike what the internet will tell you, given a clean bill of health, the Bucks can and will compete as long as they have Middleton and Lopez with anybody come playoff time. Remember that health, not lack of trades, was the reason this team has fallen short the last couple of seasons. Six fifty one on Wisconsin's morning news and Thursday mornings we normally talk with our teammate from ESPN Milwaukee, Jen Lada. She is in Deutschland this morning. Germany, eh? What you yeah. doing there? On vacation? She's working. I think there's uh, an ESPN story to be told. Okay, cool. I don't know what that story is. I was hoping to ask her about it, but Greg Pancake Hill, our producer of the program, is looking very concerned back in the window there. He's been in contact with Jen, but they're having a connection issue. you got to do the out-of-country dialing, right? What is that, then? Do you get it like a special tone on that? No, but you have to add the extension at the beginning. The What kind of extension? The international extension. Like 011 or something like that? yeah. Can you prank call somebody overseas? You can do I anything suppose, as long right? as you can get into the country with your the prefix code. Do they pick up overseas? Like nobody answers the phone anymore in America, right? You never answer your phone. True. If it's a number you don't recognize. You do? Pancake says he's got her. ESPN's ESPN Milwaukee's Jen Lotta with us this morning live from Deutschland. Guten Morgen, Jen. Good morning, guys. Or as they say here in Germany, hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> it's kind of like a combination of holla and hello. <laughs> you should go with holla and just see how they like you. Good idea. So what do you, can you tell us so what story you're working on out there? So we're working on all of the stories. We are here for the Special Olympics World Games. We had the opening ceremony on Sunday of last week, and so we've been doing competition ever since. Today I'm at Athletics, which is track and field um, for uh, the Americans, and today we've been following uh, a Jamaican runner named Kirk Wint, who races on his hands and feet. He has uh, muscular dystrophy, so his legs do not work um, you know, as yours and mine would. So he races kind of in a frog-like leaping way. And uh, he actually just won gold, guys, in the 50-meter just like 20 minutes ago. So really incredible story of resilience. And there are so many of those here in Germany with the Special Olympics World Games. Jen, you know I've worked with Special Olympics for for decades as a volunteer and almost 10 years on the board here in Wisconsin. I think one of the most special things that has happened in sports over the last decade or so is ESPN's continuing commitment to not only cover these fantastic stories – but to discover, to report on the Special Olympics, World Games, and National Games like you would any other sport. Absolutely, and that's our goal here. We said this during the opening ceremony. If we can change one person's mind or perception or attitude towards this community, then we've done our jobs, right? And by pushing it into the mainstream, by making it more relevant, by having it on ESPN and, and showcasing it on a daily basis, especially at these World Games, We think we can do that. One person will watch and say, 
man, I was really wrong about that community. And they will change their attitudes. They will change their interactions. They will go forward wiser and kinder. And that's really what we're after is just making this world a more inclusive place. Hey, Jen, so while you're in Germany, are you all German cuisine for food or do you go to McDonald's? I have not gone to McDonald's. Uh, there's a great salad place <laughs> just down the street from our hotel that I have frequented. They've got fresh pressed juices and falafel salads, and it's been amazing. But don't get me wrong. We absolutely did the spatzel and the Wiener schnitzel, which is so fun to say. Um, I think what you guys will appreciate is that you, there's a little bit of everything here. Berlin is one of those melting pot cities in Europe. And so if you want Italian, you can find a fantastic Italian spot, you know, less than a half a mile away from where you are. If you want Indian, if you want, one of the big things here, guys, is currywurst, which is currywurst. And it literally is Worcestershire and curry on a, on a cased meat. So like on your bratwurst or on your sausage. And so a lot of people have enjoyed the currywurst. I have not enjoyed the curry verse, but I did eat it. <laughs> I recommend trying all of the verse. Uh, you know, another thing that you would know, Jen, from covering Special Olympics over the years is a uh, special relationship that law enforcement has with Special Olympics. They have something called the Law Enforcement Torch Run, and this is law enforcement officers from all over the country and now all over the world do fundraising and other support things for Special Olympics. And at the World Games, the Torch Run is huge, and we actually have a local sheriff from Wisconsin, who is there. Joel Wenner is the Pepin County Sheriff. He's been on the board of Special Olympics over the years, and he is there taking part in this international law enforcement support for Special Olympics. That's amazing. And that's the thing. There's people from everywhere. I love hearing that there is a Wisconsin contingent here. I know there are a few Wisconsin athletes as well. When you talk about the torch relay, I met a woman the other day who is, and I'm, her name is going to escape me, unfortunately, but she is the head coach of the mixed three-on-three basketball team for Team USA. And this is an incredible story, and I'll just share it with you guys quickly. So they built their team believing that there was going to be a women's three-on-three unified division. Unified is when people without intellectual disabilities compete with people who have intellectual disabilities. So it's a, it's a unified team. So they had tryouts. They built this team, all women and then they found out six weeks headed into the World Games in Berlin that there was not going to be a women's unified division. And so they had a choice. They could either bow out or they could participate in the mixed men's division. And so they chose to go ahead and participate in the mixed men's division. Yeah. Every game they have played has been against the men. And they have been very tall men and very athletic men, but they go out there every game and they just want to play basketball. So we have been so proud of that effort from the USA three-on-three basketball team comprised of all women playing against mixed teams in their division here in Berlin. Jen, I, I awesome. you know, really appreciate awesome. you taking some time uh, out of your very busy schedule over there in Deutschland to join us and uh, share this important story. Appreciate it very much. Looking forward to seeing you back. Thank you, guys. See you soon. ESPN's Jen Lada in Ber- Berlin. Heute Morgen. That's today, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. This morning. 6.58 Guten Tag. on Wisconsin's Morning News. The business headlines are up next. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Rich Kirchhoff. Gemeetlichkeit. Jawohl.